0: Hi, I'm Dr. T.
1: And I'm Grace.
0: And this is our podcast,
1: Mischievous Panda, where we discuss our lighthearted approach to discovering mindfulness and a vibrant lifestyle.
0: On today's episode, we're going to be covering the concept of impermanence and how it's covered in 10% Happier, book by Dan Harris. So welcome back. We're going to go over our next topic from 10% Happier by Dan Harris. And this is in many ways related to previous topic. Uh, So last time we covered hedonic adaptation. This time we're going to cover the most central topic of impermanence.
1: So what exactly do you mean by impermanence then, Dr. T?
0: So what do you think it sounds like?
1: I mean, it sounds like it's something that just doesn't stay around.
0: Exactly. So one of the central topics of the book and also um, mindfulness meditation as well as Buddhism is the concept that everything basically has a beginning, has a middle, and has an end. Mm -hmm. So everything, in essence, fades away. It comes and it fades. And I think one of the beautiful quotes that Dan Harris had was, and I'm parapacing this right now, uh, he said, kingdoms rise, kingdoms fall to empires, beauty fades, loses hair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I see the hair part stuck a cord with you.
0: <laughs> yeah, And if you if you read the book, this is a quirky little thing that Dan Harris always uh, wrestled with is his hairline. <laughs> so that's why he put that in there. Uh, mm-hmm. But very important topic, especially with the book and especially with Buddhism as well. And also being mindful why you should be spending your time in the present moment Mm -hmm. instead of trying to anticipate the future or looking back on the past.
1: Mm -hmm. So maybe we should take a step back. And before we go into exploring in more depth our interpretation of impermanence and how that relates to our last episode's discussion around hedonic adaptation, maybe we can kind of do a quick overview of kind of Highlights of where impermanence showed up within the book or what our key takeaways were?
0: There are several places that this idea of impermanence shows up in. Mm -hmm. And this in many ways is linked to hedonic adaptation. But when he had his early successes, Mm -hmm. the rush that he got, the success he got, the accolades that he got, eventually faded. Mm-hmm. These are things that he thought was going to last in his life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, you know, he keep on revisiting this concept because this excitement that he had pushed him to almost having a addiction to drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Cocaine and ecstasy, right? Mm-hmm. It's mainly because he was trying to hold on to that high. When he couldn't, he turned to drugs. And the high that, we're talking about this the high that he had from going into war zones, right? Mm-hmm. And then he again um, kind of had this what we called entering the stream. And this is if you if you want to explain a little bit about it, Grace, to our audience.
1: About entering the stream? Yes. You're gonna to have to refresh my memory.
0: <laughs> okay. So <laughs> so entering the stream was when uh, he went away for the meditation uh, retreat Mm. and he was, uh, I think he spent 10 days meditating. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of that meditation, he was able to meditate and be detached to the point where he felt like he entered the stream of of almost a little bit of like a taste of enlightenment where he he was able to, with his meditation practice, experience his senses like he hasn't had before, in a deep, profound way. Nearly like, you know, the, the sound of a hummingbird that was close by him, but it felt like it was a helicopter that was right next to him. He was able to enjoy joy in a hide that, he said it's probably the best high he, he ever had including his past with you know cocaine mm-hmm. he was able to stay in this almost near enlightenment stream mm-hmm. for a little bit but then it passed it too fast and he came down from that high and he was dreading it afterwards mm-hmm. so in many ways he's talking about you know in the book about how we shouldn't be attaching ourselves to things because things are going to fade. Things are going to go away. So if you're constantly looking to just attach yourself to to one thing or things that arise, then you have to be comfortable with the fact that these things are ultimately going to fade mm-hmm. and that's the whole process in life.
1: That's an interesting point in that it's interesting for me to hear kind of where the book resonated with you in terms of impermanence because when I think about kind of the key takeaways around impermanence or where I felt like he highlighted it for me were mostly around you know the areas of when he when it felt like he was grasping at something in life um separate from meditation, right, where I was thinking about you know, um, wanting, for example, we joke about the hairline, but the hairline thing comes up quite a bit in terms of wanting his hair to always stay where it's at, wanting the accolades that he got as an anchor in some of his news coverage to solidify his popularity, wanting, you know, um, things within his life in terms of his relationships to stay the same, you know, Mm -hmm. like those were the things that stood out to me in terms of the grasping at wanting to make sure that things stayed the way that he thought was quote unquote optimal. And I think that kind of came to a head when he went to that meditation retreat and he got a taste of that and he was like, Why did I so quickly fall out of it? Mm -hmm. Right. Which I think is the part where it resonated with you um, the most with the stream.
0: I think with my own experience uh, being a doctor and the privilege that I have, it resonated with me because there's one point where he came out and said that we should be aware of things that we're trying to attach ourselves to mainly because if we're attaching ourselves to something that is very fleeting and we try to hold on to it too tight, then we are going to be disappointed ultimately. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: A lot of the material things are going to decay. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: A lot of superficial things are going to fade a lot faster.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And if we're focusing on on just getting through the present, in anticipating of something in the future, then you're constantly on this treadmill. you're constantly looking into the future instead of the present because when the future arrives it's going to be the present and you're looking at the next next mm-hmm. thing.
1: So then you're not even fully really living your life at that point.
0: You're not living the moment. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, then at the end of your life, you're going to be constantly chasing something that never really arrives. Mm-hmm. And what we have right now, the present, mm-hmm. is something that you're tolerating it just to get to the next step. But the next step, you're doing the same thing. You never reach a point where you actually live, in a sense. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I took from it. Mm-hmm. And this is very much uh, coming to light in the sense that the experiences I had.
1: Mm -hmm. Like what?
0: Well, uh, working in the hospital, being a doctor, especially where I did my residency, there's a lot of elderly Mm -hmm. population. And in that population, you know, as good as we are at our jobs, we are buying time. And time is leading, Mm -hmm. right? And finally get to the moment where where we run out of things that we can do to delay time. And at that point, we spend with the patient family and the patient. And we try to help them be all right with what's coming next, which is the passing. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes... I'm constantly surprised as to how little people spend in their life realizing that everything that has a beginning has an end. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that they leave undone, unsaid, thinking that there's always going to be a next day to say it. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes when that last day arrives, they think about all the things that they could have said, that could have done, that they never did. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, it's just eye-opening mm-hmm. because we don't like to think about it, right? Mm-hmm. We don't like to think about the end
1: I mean, there's a certain morbidity that comes with that in terms of thinking about ends. Well, that society has made, like, it feels unnatural. Like, they make it so that it feels like it's a negative way of thinking as opposed to reframing it the way that you presented it. I think that resonated with me was thinking about time as our most limited and precious resource. And how do we make the most of that?
0: In many ways, it is the most limited resource, right?
1: I mean, it's something we can't ever buy. You have a set amount of time and that's it.
0: Our moment is in the present, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We can't live in the past Mm -hmm. and we can't live in the future. So all we have right now is now. I think this was one of the key awakenings that Dan Harris has in his uh in his awakening into the stream as well as throughout the book is that we should be spending more time in the now than spending it in our mind thinking about what's the future gonna be. Mm-hmm. Because the future is not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Only thing that's guaranteed is now.
1: And I really liked that part of his messaging too, because it resonates with me in terms of, you know, just if I think about applying my experience at work and in trying to grapple with where I should be prioritizing my time and kind of distilling it down to what I have influence over, that's part of living in the now of Mm -hmm. not thinking, like not looking at, oh, mistakes were made and trying to find someone to blame. Mm. That's looking hindsight, right, Um, in in terms of the past, and that doesn't change what happened. Not looking at, you know, doing everything we can to try and plan down to the minute like possibility of what could potentially happen in the future to mitigate risk, but really managing based off of what we know today and the environment today, what is the best that we can do
0: exactly and you know dan harris talked about this he said that you have to be comfortable with the ambiguity of tomorrow right there's no way that we could predict the future we could prepare for it Mm -hmm. but you can't hold on to the future in the way of certainty Mm -hmm. it's always going to be ambiguous no matter how good you try There's always going to be an element of ambiguity, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that you shouldn't prepare for the future.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: It's to be comfortable with the fact that you're not going to hold all the cards and you're not going to be able to predict everything.
1: So then kind of jumping back to when we first introduced it, I think there's a couple of questions that come to mind then, right? That naturally after reading the book and saying, okay, if we think uncertainty um, and impermanence is kind of a key tenant of a takeaway, then what does that tell us in terms of one, how do we address that? How do we deal with that so that we are living in the current moment, and that we do get comfortable with ambiguity. And then the second would be, you know, there's also a certain school of thought of revisiting our last episode. And what is that nuance between and the difference between hedonic adaptation and impermanence, and how we navigate those two concepts together?
0: Let's kind of uh, try to separate how hedonic adaptation is different from impermanence. Mm -hmm. So hedonic adaptation is basically a psychological uh, effect that goes on in our own mind to basically adapt us to something that happened, something that is either something really positive or something that's really negative. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it happens through a process of synthesization or desensitization mm-hmm. right if you're in a war zone you get desensitized to the point where it becomes a normal thing to see somebody uh, being murdered or blowing up right and he talked about this in his book as well dan harris and same thing kind of goes with uh with the positive event with hedonic adaptation Where someone wins a million dollars and they have a lavish lifestyle, but that lifestyle becomes almost normalized Mm -hmm. to the point where it's not adding anything on top of their baseline happiness. Mm -hmm. This is why a lot of people that we see in the media celebrities who seem to have everything that you could think of that will make anybody happy. And they go on to have a drug addiction or have a drug overdose, right? Mm -hmm. Even though they have everything that is incredible, they go on to be unhappy and try to chase that, replace that, what they lost, right? So that's hedonic adaptation. Mm -hmm. So impermanence is the idea that the now is going to fleet. What's in front of you is eventually going to change. And something else is going to come, right? Mm-hmm. It's the idea that, you know, like going back to his own coat that beauty fades eventually, right? Mm-hmm hairline you just hit at every
1: girl's like (laughs) thing. the beauty fades eventually the need for youth or clinging to youth and also that there will always be someone prettier right (laughs) the idea is
0: that you know you shouldn't be clinging on to something that's eventually going to fade yeah so that it's not gonna cause you to be unhappy right Mm -hmm. sometimes what happens is our pursuit of happiness become our source of unhappiness. And this is a quote from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that was a beautiful quote. Yeah. So when we try to hold on to something that eventually going to fade, then we become unhappy because we get insecure about it. Mm-hmm. And we just have to realize that everything fades. Mm-hmm. right? Everything, and not try to cling to yeah, something. And it's a normal part of it. We should be enjoying it while it's in front of us knowing that this is a precious time that is not going to be here.
1: Mm-hmm. So know? I like that because it's like after listening to you run through the two ideas, I think the key thing in terms of how I would distinguish between them is I think of hedonic adaptation as something that is it's kind of evolutionary. So it happens naturally without us knowing, but it also happens internally. So it's part of how we deal with the world as opposed to i think about impermanence as just a fact of life of that is just a uh, some a state within the external world so it's nothing that we can really control and i think that last piece that you had stated in terms of you know being in the moment and being able to fully enjoy kind of or kind of live in what is happening as being that key takeaway. So I feel like it's really that piece around impermanence of what does that mean in terms of how we live our life today to fully be in the present.
0: Mm -hmm. And this is why, again, I'm going to tie this back to mindfulness meditation. Mm -hmm. The, The key goal of mindfulness meditation is for you to be mindful of the present, spending your time in the now rather than in a storyline of a thought that's coming and going, right? Mm -hmm. And in many ways, again, you know, our own thoughts tend to come and fade too, right? Mm -hmm. So in many ways, this idea of impermanence is built into our own brain. Mm -hmm. So the key thing is, I would say, is that understand that only place that you could live is in the now, You can't live in the past and you can't live in the future, right? If you live in the past, you know, you're going to be depressed.
1: (laughs) Because there's that nostalgic Yeah. Yeah.
0: Not there anymore. And you can't live in the future because you're going to be anxious. Mm -hmm. So only place that you're going to find happiness is in the now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure if that's inspiring or like nerve-wracking probably a little bit of both to realize that like with that statement and acceptance of that statement what that means in terms of the amount of work with mindfulness and mindfulness meditation to be able to live fully in the now
0: well the beauty of it is that you know beauty is in the present Mm -hmm. right yep so you have to enjoy it now yeah like even
1: looking for little things
0: and i think that's what makes everything so precious is the fact that there's a there's the idea of things slipping away, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why in a, in a lot of ways that we should be focusing on the now instead of worrying about tomorrow or mm-hmm. what we had in the past. So the key takeaways for... This episode is understanding that everything is impermanence. Everything that comes, tend to go. Every hello has a goodbye, as sad as it may sound. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you had to be comfortable with the ambiguity so that you could focus. On your effort now, but don't get too attached to trying to predict everything in the future or trying to hold on to everything in the future. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to hold all the cards in life and you're not going to be able to control everything. And this, this pursuit of happiness can Eventually, be the downfall and be the source of the unhappiness. So next time, we're gonna be covering probably one of our last topics with ten percent happier, uh, but it's probably one of the major topics as well. And that's the compassion and the meta meditation.
1: So join us next time. And we hope if you like kind of the content that you've heard over the last few episodes that you go ahead and either give us a review or uh, make sure to come and follow us and check out our website at mischievouspanda.org. So if this discussion was fun for you to listen to, and we hope it was because we had fun geeking out, then we also hope that you'll stick around and geek out with us in future episodes. You can follow us at mischievouspanda.org for the latest and greatest content.
0: And don't forget to join us every Tuesday for a brand new episode.